I don't think it's a truck at all. I think we just found a transformer. This is Optimus Primer Button, leader of the auto part junkies. And I'm calling on all auto parts junkies to listen to nostalgic radio and cars every Tuesday at 7 p.m. here on Tantalk. This is Optimus Primer Button. If you don't tune in, it will be the end of the world. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo, or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Car sent you. had in store for me. Our worlds are facing an unstoppable threat. You guys are our last chance. I guess we're stuck together. Partners. Are you telling me the fate of 12 billion people is in the hands of a thief, two thugs, a murderer, and a maniac? might not be the best idea. We will not stand by as evil wipes out billions of innocent lives. Why would you risk your life for this? Because right now, life's giving us a chance. If we don't protect the galaxy, who will? We'll follow your lead. Oh. Totally fake. I'm Groot. Thank you. What is that? It's a bomb. And you leave it lying around? I was gonna put it in a box. What's a box gonna do? You just wanna suck the joy out of everything. cinemas in 3D. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the Wayback and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Yo, Maniacs, Hulk Hogan here, the greatest of all times, and I want to let you know you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars and what you're going to do when they run wild on you, brother. Hey listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Video and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk, 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios and sparkling downtown Clearwater. Be sure and check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Nostalgic Video and Cars, and Golfstream Motorsports. Hey, if you missed any of our past shows, be sure and check out our podcast, 
nostalgic video cars where you can hear the past four and a half years worth of shows with the most legendary and fascinating names in motorsports. We got a great show for you tonight. We got some cool music, we got some interesting dialogue, and we might have a surprise guest. On with the show, this is it. Boy, that sure brings back good old memories. Bobby, you don't remember that, but when I was a little kid growing up in the uh, in the uh, 60s, every Saturday between like 7 and 2 p.m. in the afternoon, it was just nonstop cartoons. And, of course, that little clip that, was, that I just played um, or that we just played uh, on with the show, This Is It, that was always like the opening uh, uh, show or, or liner or promo or whatever for all the Warner Brothers cartoons, you know, like uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, Yosemite Sam, Porky Pig, and so on, you know. And then, of course, a little bit later, like around 9 or 10, 10, 10, 11 o'clock or so, then we started getting the cool shows like uh, Johnny Quest and and Aquaman and Spider-Man and one of my favorites, Space Ghost. But uh, talk about Spider-Man, Spider-Man's kind of like, you know, the Marvel Comics thing. And, of course, where I'm going with this, you know, with Spider-Man and Thor and and the Fantastic Four and Captain America is just this past weekend here, um, my son and I were invited to Orlando for the uh, uh, private screening of the new movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, it's kind of like a little mini red carpet event like they have at the big, uh, what is it, Man's Theater in, uh, in Hollywood there. Is that what it's called, Bobby? Man's Theater or something like that? I believe so. I'm okay. Going. And uh, so they had one of the actors there and uh, one of the characters. And what was his name? Daman Hansu. And the character was what? Something the... It was the Pursuer. Yeah. Okay. So the way it was really cool because they had a red carpet set up there, and then of course they had little ropes. And what was really neat is on the red carpet they had these little tags there, these little pieces of paper, and it kind of, uh, you know, it had everybody's, all the media people there. Like for example, if you were with a radio station or a newspaper, or in our case, nostalgic radio and cars, they had this little paper there, and that's where you stood. And as the uh, actor walked by, he basically did like, uh, you know, maybe a minute or two minute interview with you. And of course, in your case, Bobby, you were there while I was taking pictures and you got to interview the gentleman. Yes, I did. Um, it's very cool how they have that set up. You got you, you can bring your photographer, which was you, obviously. Yep. And then... Uh, audio, which audio, was you. Or video, or video but uh, audio, which we had um, there. Obviously, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Well, you were the audio guy. I was the audio guy. Yeah. So we stood in our little line and uh, waited for him, and he came down there and gave us a nice little two-minute interview, which we're going to play here very soon. Okay. Um, it was kind of neat, though. It was. They had the, uh, the the big giant posters there, you know, and then they had the cardboard cutouts. And, of course, he did a photo op and some interviews with other uh, media people as well as people that were standing around. And Spectator also autographs. And, and autographs and stuff like that. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. So let's go ahead and roll that clip. Okay, welcome back to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We're here with Damon Hanzu from the new movie Guardians of the Galaxy. And Damon... Let me ask you a question here. Um, explain the purpose of your role within Guardians of the Galaxy. The purpose, my purpose, well, if you know my name, the name of my character, uh, Korath, the Pursuer. I just chase, chase until I'm, get, you know, I terminate my uh, subject, yeah. What are your plans for the future, future movies? Uh, fe- uh, future mu- uh, movies, uh, I'm filming right now in London, uh, making Tarzan with uh, Samuel Jackson, uh, Christoph Waltz, and uh, Margot Robbie, and so on, so on, so on. I mean, Alexander uh, Sosga, who is actually playing Tarzan, so, yeah. Well, we wish, you, we wish you good luck. Thank you. Thank you. He did a pretty good job there doing an interview, Bobby. That was pretty cool. Why, thank you. Now, um, on the... Tell us what you think about the 3D, your first experience with 3D. 
Well, yeah. see, you know what? It wasn't even until we even got there, and then as we walked up to the media desk and they handed us the glasses, I didn't know it was a 3D movie. I mean, I really hadn't heard a lot of publicity about it, but I'll tell you what. I mean, you know, after we got the glasses, we sat inside, and, you know, it was pretty cool. And we had excellent seats, but you kind of go fast forward here a little bit. But we actually saw the movie, but the movie in 3D, at first, it took a little bit of time to kind of get adjusted to it. And it was kind of freaky, though, because there was a couple scenes. It was almost as if the stuff came right out. We were sitting midway in the theater, so it was pretty cool. But uh, the movie kind of reminded me a little bit of a cross between, I don't know, Star Wars, a little Star Trek, a little... uh, I mean, it was just a, it was a bunch of different movies, you know, because the character. E.T., you know, comes to mind a little bit. So it was uh, kind of a retro movie, but it was really kind of cool. And the retro part about it was is that the character... Um, what's his name? Quill was it his first? What was Quill. his first name? Yeah, Peter Quill. Peter Quill. Yeah, that was it. His character. He was basically, uh, you know, kind of abducted, you could say. And it takes place supposedly sometime around the time period is like 1988. So he's abducted, and then the movie goes fast forward to like 20, 20 some odd years, right? Twenty, which mm-hmm. really, when you think about it, 1988, 20 some odd years. I mean, it's not even year 2000, so it's kind of really weird. So it's. I'm not sure exactly on the timeline. But anyway, nonetheless, it was a really cool movie, you know. But what the neat part about it was is that the, in the opening scene, they, didn't they play a song? It was kind of like there was a cassette player or something? It was amazing because some you, you it wasn't the way you, you'd expect a Marvel movie to be because they added the aspect of humor, and then they had these songs from the 70s, 80s, 60s, added a really good touch to it, and it was very fitting, actually. Well, you know, it was a typical movie where they had the good guys and the bad guys, you know. And then, of course, at the very beginning, you weren't quite sure. But this guy was kind of like a uh, like a little, uh, let's call him a futuristic picker, so to speak. But it was funny because he said he was like a junk man, too, you know. And they kind of referred to that later in the movie. But uh, we don't want to give the movie away totally for the guests, but we will, for our listeners. But we will say it was very exciting. It was a two-hour movie. We thoroughly enjoyed it. And encourage everybody to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, it was really a cool movie. I mean, there's a lot of nice, uh, I guess you would call special effects, uh, a lot of surrealism in the movie. Surrealism, I guess that's the right word. Um, it was just a cool movie, and it had a good plot, it ha- and it was done well. I mean, you know, it, 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 it balanced well, you know, and it had a good ending. And the best part about it is it kind of leads you to believe that there may be a sequel to this, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So what did you think, so. Bobby? It was pretty high-tech and everything in there, too, wasn't it? It was. It was. Um, it was high-tech and retro, which I kind of liked. Just at had the a little same both. time, yeah. It, it, it saw into the future while, bringing that, while giving you that res- retro aspect, that retro flavor, shall I say, that, uh-huh. that people of different ages like to see in a movie. Well, you know what? We had such a good time. We need to do more of those, don't you think? Yes, we do. Yeah, movies are fun. It's just kind of cool to sit in a theater. And you know what? It's kind of like radio. Radio is nostalgic and cool, and it's just kind of like you don't ever want that to go away. Even though they got all the high-tech stuff that they got out there, right? all that gobbledygook internet stuff and satellite and iPods and, and all that other stuff, there's just something about listening to the radio, something about driving down the road and listening to a real person talk on the radio or a jockey or somebody's got a little bit of uh, personality you know, that's talking to you you and, know and not knowing what song the engineer such as myself is going to play next <laughs> that's right in fact you're going to play because they played a lot of cool 70s 60s 70s actually mostly 70s music in that and would you ever expect a marvel movie to begin with hooked on a feeling by blue suede that's kind of a neat nostalgic song i remember that back in the uh, 70s when i used to drive around in high school in my hot rod hey you're tuning into nostalgic radio and cars don't change that dial and be sure and check out the new movie guardians of the galaxies we'll be right back when you hold me in your arms so tight you let me know everything's all right
This is Chuck Palumbo, former WWE superstar and host of Lords of the Car Horse on Discovery Channel. Now, if you're a car lover, guy or gal, you must tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Car. You better be there. Hey, listeners. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Uh, a little earlier, we were talking about the new movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. Definitely got to go see that movie. It was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun. Very, very... Kept me on the edge of my seat, you know? You almost could kind of follow it. You could almost kind of figure it out, but it was a cool movie. Great Marvel movie. And, of course, you know the best part about it is? I'm not going to tell you guys what the plot is. I'm not even going to tell you what how the movie ended. But I'm just going to tell you to go see it, because it was a great movie. And there may be a sequel. Anyway, let's see. This is Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I think it's time to talk about cars. And I think we may even have one of our good old buddies on the line right there. Yeah, this is Alan. Alan, are you there? Yeah. That's your official intro, Alan. Did you know that? The same. Did yeah. you drive a Volvo? Yeah. Yeah, good thing I don't drive a Corvair. What would I get then? <laughs> you know, there was a movie, there was a TV show back in the 60s. <laughs> there you go. There was a TV show back in the 60s called Shannon, and the guy actually drove one of those rear-engine Pontiacs, like 60, 61, 62, what no, no, were those? Those were engine in the front, had a transaxle. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. I was close. Yeah. Le Mans. Yeah, Le Mans. And there was a torque tube with a... Big twisted cable inside the torque tube for the drive shaft. It didn't work that well. Didn't work that well. You know, while we're on the subject of cars that didn't work real well, that's a good that's a good topic. We haven't covered that in a while. Let's talk what about some other right. cars that had some kind of <laughs> initial yeah. good ideas but didn't didn't turn out too well. What what comes to mind, Alan? Oh, well, of course the Vega. The Vega? 
Yeah, Vegas was a, it was a contest to see what would, if the car would rust away or the engine would blow up. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. it did. It had that. It had uh, what? It was a uh, was it aluminum block with a steel head or steel head with aluminum block? Something was. It was aluminum block, but they didn't have sleeves in it. It was like some kind of it's called selenium or something like that. Yeah. They hardened the aluminum. Well, that really lasted a long time. Huh. Yeah. Well, but overall, the car wasn't that bad. The Vega was... It was, it was a good car. It did something about the rust proofing and made the engine a little bit better because it was a problem that burned oil. The board just went away. But wasn't a bad-looking car. I mean, you stop to think about it. It came out at the same time. It was it late 70s? 70, 70 and a half came out at the same time as the Pinot Bean and the, yeah. the, the Gremlin. Right. And, of course, you know, you kind of look at the Gremlin and you go, well, you know, did that have an appropriate name or not, Gremlin? I mean, Gremlin's something ugly and hideous. Well, well Gremlin has electrical problems, too, of course. But what? The Gremlin, they ran out of money, so that was the end of the car. Is that what it was? Yeah, they couldn't make the car any longer because that was the budget. Oh, okay. That was the joke back then. Yeah, too, because it looked like they just cut the back half of it off or they just kind of like they stopped. It just came down to an angle, like a straight angle, like a wedge. Right. So uh, yeah, that that wasn't uh, that wasn't uh, a very attractive car. Of course, then of course one of my favorites, the Pinto. I like the Pinto. Yeah. Of course, the Gremlin was a underpowered doorstop anyway. So. Well, no, it was pre doorstop because we with the the ultimate doorstop without a question is uh, a truck TR seven. Yeah, no doubt. Right. You know, and then of course you know, I mean, really, that's exactly what it looked like. It was a doorstop. Pretty pathetic little piece. But um, he's a roach. He's a roach. <laughs> Listen, you know, I was thinking about some of the other funny little car, or funny little quirky little things. I was looking. All at... All right, you mutinous, disloyal, computerized half-breed. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, are, they talk, are they talking about you or me? I don't know. He called me that. He thinks I'm his brother. <laughs> But uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I was looking at a magazine the other day, and I was looking at a um, is a '68 '69 Riviera, which actually, when the hood was closed, was actually a pretty good looking car. But they were they were talking about this car, and they had the hood up, and they were talking about the 430 motor that was in it, or 455, whatever it was. I think it was a 430, but it was a '68 or '69. And uh, it just what what it never occurred to me. But I'm looking at it now, and it had those. It had hideaway headlights, but the headlight assemblies kind of like look like frog eggs, frog eyeballs sticking up at you. you know. Yeah, so when, you're, when you're checking the oil, you're being watched. Yeah, like you're being watched, exactly. That's a good one. I like that. What were some other quirky things out of the 60s? Okay, here we got, how about um the, the Dodge Superlight? Remember that? The what? Dodge Superlight. He hit it on a 69 Polara. It was like a little... Fog light stuck in the grill, and they made a big deal out of it, and they sold five. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, 69, they had it. 69, 70 in that general time period. What was it called again? A super light. Super light. You never heard of that? No. Super light. What, what body style was it? It was uh, like a Polara. That's a big car. Well, that. Back, back then, then it was. Yeah, back then, yeah, sort of. Sort of intermediate big car, yeah. A super light? What was it? Like a cut rate? Uh, uh, I mean, really, a Polara was a full size car, like a full size Impala or like an LTD. Right, yeah, like Polara Monica, yeah. Right. So they made a super light. What was it? Just like a cut rate version post car or something like that with a six cylinder in it? No, no, no. All a, no, super light was a light bulb, a fog light in the grill. It was off to one side, just one. Oh, I don't know. I, no, I don't remember that car at all. Never remember that. No. How about, how about a 71 three-window, uh, three-window, two-door Thunderbird? You're in the front seat. You can see everything. You're in the back seat. It's got high back buckets, so you're stuck in the back seat. The only way you, you can see anything is look out the back and see where you were. Oh, yeah, that I remember. 71, 70, 70, 71. Actually, 72 was the same yeah. way. No, just that's a three-window in 66, 69, and 71. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, more I, appropriate there. I, I, I ain't dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you're not talented. You're not funny. <laughs> oh, yeah? Like, Lee? <laughs> uh, 
They say, yeah, you're right, because, like, uh, you're right, absolutely right, because 60, 70 was the first year for the high back buckets. So if you were in a 70, 71 Thunderbird, pardon me? 69, Mach 1. No, 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 but in a Thunderbird, in Ford, 70 up is when they had the high backs, like you were talking. Right, yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. If you were in the back seat of of a Landau Thunderbird, you were like you were like in a capsule. You were like uh, that was like claustrophobic almost, wasn't it? You didn't know if you were in the mountains or in the desert. Yeah, that car. Actually, you remember the movie uh, Diamonds Are Forever? Yeah, the '61 or the '71 with the brown interior. Right, but that was that car, exact same car you're talking right, about. Right, it was right. a three window. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, not to be confused with uh, cars of the '30s, you know, and '40s that had uh, late '30s and '40s that were three windows and five windows and stuff. We're talking about '70, yeah. '71 Thunderbird, which was hey, actually thought, a good-looking car, though. Yeah, so I thought of something too. Yeah, um, uh, Larry the Cable Guy a long time ago, and he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're talking about the Kmart Funny Walk. Yeah. You know where the Kmart what Funny Walk comes from? No. It's not from young people. It's from the guy in his 1978 Corvette come in the shop. You ever been in one of those cars that had the new improved seats? Well, I used to work on a customer car. He had a 78 Corvette, had those seats in it. He walked funny. I thought he was just like, you know, I had a limp or whatever. I drove the car, come out, I'm walking funny. So the, K- the Kmart Funny Walk comes from the 78 Corvette. <laughs> well, now they continue that seat from 78, 79, 80, 81. Yeah, basically they used a residence from Roswell for that seat to fit it, you know, and it didn't work right. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, it was like a, it was like bolsters, but then the ins, it was hollow in the middle there. It was kind of really weird because it was like, a, it was like it, you just kind of like sunk inside it somehow. It made a mirror seat look like a buck around you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone gets that? <laughs> yeah. And what was really bad is the way it was designed is is that the the bun, the bottom part, you sit in that, so now you sunk down inside that. Then where the top, the back seat back, and the seat bottom met, there was like two ribs right there. So that would poke you in the middle of the back, almost like a lumbar support. And then your back would arch and fall in and concave inside the, the upper part of the seat. So, yeah, you really were. You were uncomfortable as heck in that car. Right. Let's see what other ugly cars that they had. Let's see what. Let's think of something early sixties. How about How about what? Something being obsolete and still being built, like the sixty-five Rambler American. It yeah. Still had a flathead. That was last year for the flathead. It was nineteen sixty-five. Even Ford quit flatheads a few decades before that. You know. Uh. Ford, last year for Ford flathead was fifty-three. Fifty-three, and right? Twelve more years to get rid of their flathead. Oh, they had to use up all the spare parts. Yeah, because they couldn't sell anything. Yeah, we sold fourteen of this model in nineteen, you know, sixty-two. So they had them backed up forever. Well, now I thought sixty-four was the last year for a Rambler with a flathead because I actually had a couple of those in the junkyard back in the day. Yeah, well, it's sixty-five because I got the book. I was just I knew it was like sixty-four, sixty-five, and I got the children's in front of me. I was just looking at it. Huh? You know? Yeah. 1965 was the 196th. Oh, yeah. By the way, I just wanted to mention to you, remember, you know the, the 220S Mercedes that we were working on? Yeah. Well, I finally, after we got the thing all tidied up and everything like that, I uh, finally got the glove box open, and when I did, guess what was inside of there? Yes. Yeah, believe it or not. Owner's manual for that car, warranty records, and receipts going back to the early, early 80s when that car was in Colorado, plus... A collectible license plate. It said collectible on it. Collector car. Collector. And no, you know what it said? I believe it said collector series. So was it a Colorado license plate? Yeah. Well, a red, wow. white with red uh, lettering. And the mountains in the background, they still use that? No, no. It was just a flat. Uh, it was just white with uh, red lettering. But it said, I believe it said collector. Bobby, do you remember it? It said collector series. Is that what it said? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, at any rate... Um, you know, while we're talking about cars, you know, I, I think I mentioned to you the other day that I was doing an appraisal on that guy's uh, Corvette. So um, that was a pretty nice old piece. And, of course, you're like me. I mean, we're both on the same page that, you know, survivor cars, original cars um, should be, you know, left, left alone. alone. Yeah. yeah. And, you know. They change the oil, wax it, and bleed the brakes. 
That's it. That's it. You know. Yeah. And then the other day, I went. I was. I got another job this week. I uh, I do diminished value. So I went and looked at this guy's uh, 2008 Honda, real nice car, EX. Drove really, really nice. But you know, the bottom line is all these cars are. You know, these new cars are unibodies. So when you start busting quarter panels and wrinkling the back end of the car, you've kind of infected, affected, not infected, affected the. Uh, Structural integrity of the car, you know. Now it's always debatable. Frame damage is clear, but uh, um, but but when you start replacing panels and doors and 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 rockers, you know that's definitely structural. There's no question about that. Like just a paper towel roll, you can never really get it back perfect. No, no, because there's just a certain amount of fatigue. You know, that's talking about metal fatigue. It's kind of like I always look at look at some of these cars. You know, and you, and, and you know when they're bouncing around and stuff. You know, you got to kind of wonder. Uh, you know, I mean, you don't really realize it, but do you remember back in the days when we were in driver's ed? Now, when we were in driver's ed, the cars that we the pictures that they showed us in driver's ed were the pictures out of the like. 40s and 50s and some right. 60s cars, you know. And then what used to amaze me is the slow motion effect of the car when the car would kind of like hit a telephone pole or hit a tree and it would just, you know, especially if it was uh, staged, you know, in other words, if they were doing crash testing and stuff. Yeah. You, you People have no idea how much that car flexes. Well, then, I was watching another video, and then what, that's the cool thing about YouTube. You know, you can watch all this stuff on YouTube, and uh, you watch these cars as they're going down, like some of these old test tracks, and where they're actually driving on these, what the, you know those little pot things that look like little landmines and stuff like that? They're driving over those things. I mean, you actually, they're showing slow motion how the car's flexing and the, and the, and the, and the sheet metal on the side is just kind of like wrinkling. You ha- it's hard to believe that it, it actually does that, but it actually does that. You know, it actually just kind of like it just kind of ripples and flows and bends and, and pops in and pops out. It's really kind of weird. So, you know, we take that for granted when we're driving in a car because we think we're enshrouded in this solid metal body and we're safe and we're protected until something hits it and penetrates it and comes through and wads it up. I mean, you know, you remember back in the day when I had a junkyard, some of that stuff, some of those crashes were yeah, pretty bad. Pretty bad, yeah, absolutely. Well, also, another thing, too, if the car doesn't flex, you're in for just the most uncomfortable ride in the world, too. Well, that's why they have suspension and shocks yeah. and springs. Well, suspension, too, but still the body has to do a little flex. Like the old GM buses from the 50s and the 60s, the whole thing, it wasn't a frame. It was just a monocoque, like an airplane. It would go three, four million miles and just, just replace parts, and the body would hold up. Are you saying that a bus was a uh, unibody? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, no frame. The GM did that. The other buses, they use full frames and metal. The frame would crack, and you're done. Well, now, that bus you had, you had, uh, what you had? You had a scenic cruiser, right? Right, yeah. I could be in the very back of the bus, have someone driving it, go down the road, and I look down the stairs because it's split level, and you could see the whole bus flexing going down the road. But they did it for millions of miles, so that was a good design. Was that GM built? A scenic cruiser? Say that again. Was it G- was a scenic cruiser GM built? Oh yeah, it was GM built. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But they they you gotta have some flex in them because you don't it don't last long. You know, too hard on it. Well, now you're a little bit more with. Uh, more familiar with with uh, aeronautics than I am, and I think isn't there some uh, something to the effect that uh, we got a song here? We got a song. Yes, we do. We got "My Sharona" by the Net. Oh wow! We just jumped into the late seventies. We haven't heard that song in a long time. I don't think we've ever played that. Hey, now there's one for you, Alan. "My Sharona." By the knack, 1978 or 79. How about that? Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We will be back in just a minute. Don't go away. Don't touch that dial. We have some more jibber-jabbering and jaw-jacking with me and Alan.
Okay, Venus? Okay, Steve. Right. Let's go. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And while we're on the subject about space movies, that was a uh, TV show back out of the '60s. It was called Fireball XL5. That was one of those other shows I used to watch back when I was a kid, Bobby. It was actually a puppet show, like the Thunderbirds and uh, some of that stuff. Uh, we have—is Alan still on the phone? Alan, are you there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Alan, do you remember? Do you remember Fireball XL5 when you were a kid? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I don't, they, didn't, they didn't have a plot, did they? <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it was just cool. It was, uh, you know, it's like well, watching the old Bugs Bunny cartoons when you were a kid. Yeah. You didn't get some of the jokes. When you're an adult, now you do. I watched the, the Fireball recently, and I still didn't get it. You still didn't get it. Yeah, with uh, Steve Zodiac and Venus. Hey, Bobby, do we have uh, Supercar queued up there? We got that in there somewhere? Do you remember Supercar, Alan? <laughs> No, I don't. Must have been a West Coast thing. No, no, no. It was the same guy. It was Gary Anderson. He did Fireball XL5. He did Supercar. He did uh, Thunderbirds. You remember that? Of and, course, And yeah. Stingray. Remember he did that? Bobby, go yeah. ahead and play that if you got it. Supercar. I love this show. Never saw it. Never saw it? We'll play a little bit of it here. This is cool. And grace as swift as can be. Watch it flying through the air. It travels in space or under the sea, and it can journey anywhere. Supercar, supercar. It travels on land or roams the skies through the heavens' stormy rage. It's Mercury man, and everyone cries. It's the marvel of the age. Supercar! 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 Remember that one, Alan? Yeah, what year was that from? I think it would be 1962, 63, okay. somewhere in there. Mm, so L.J.K. Fetright wasn't the first guy to come up with the term supercar. No, no, of course not. Of course, yeah. it's the oh, marvel credited. of the age. <laughs> yeah, he's credited with it, but I guess he didn't. <laughs> you know, I don't care what anybody says. The 60s were a cool time. We had some really weird stuff going on. I mean, if you really stop and think about it, from 1960 to 1970, a lot of things were changed, but it wasn't that fast. But it was kind of like in moderation. The way things happen today is just like it's exponentially. You know, it's just... Well, back then we had Dick Van Dyke. Anything yep. from Dick Van Dyke to last into Vietnam War. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. That was it, yeah. And don't forget... I can't think of the name of that. Uh, with Opie and Andy and... Oh, the Andy Griffith Show. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Well, now, speaking of which, since we're talking about spaceships and space movies and, and all that other kind of stuff, you're from the East Coast. You're from uh, Melbourne, so you got to watch yeah. rockets take off in the day, didn't you? <laughs> we got a rocket that sound was, effects, Bobby. That was a Type yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's uh, what was that like? I mean, did you did you watch almost all of them take off? All the rockets, yeah, all the spaceships. Watch the ones that actually gained altitude. Yeah, the ones that gained yeah, altitude. They, they shoot them off pretty early. I saw all the Mercury's go up. All the, you know, the Redstones. You know, when the first Mercury's on the Redstones, all that. Saw all the uh, Gemini. Saw all the Apollos go up. Saw the first Saturn V go up.
Space program, of course, you know, just into that. Mm-hmm. And um, Jim Rathman, Chevrolet Cadillac, it was, you know, 100 yards away from where I live. He gave astronauts Corvettes, and I was there in the sidelines watching on my bicycle. Wow. in 1960. And I saw it. it was like a lease thing or whatever for like a dollar. But it was great promotion, and I remember seeing the astronauts standing there, and it was pretty neat. That's yeah. actually kind of cool when you think about it. That didn't they, they all got, uh, well, did they all get sh- Corvettes, or did some take Chevrolets and Camaros? Well, and actually, John Glenn was a family man, so he had like a, a wagon or something. Got himself yeah. a big Kingswood estate or something like that. Right? Uh, back in earlier, I don't know, they had just uh, I know, I think the Impala was the Ramy Jemmy one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Caprice, actually, 66, you could get a Caprice wagon with the fake wood. Ah. Uh-huh. in producing this wagon. <laughs> <laughs> So it sounds like somebody's shooting at us there, Alan. Yeah. Is that a photon or is that a Star Wars thing? Is that a, a Star Trek thing? God, when you think about think, think about Star Trek, then think about Star Wars, then think about movies like this one that just came out here, Guardian of the Galaxy. I mean, it's just the, the technology, the sound effects, the, uh, the visual effects alone are just amazing. You know, just oh, the C- oh, CGI. Yeah, you can make anything that you want it to be. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. with uh, with with today's technology and computing, kind of like when we when we edit these radio shows here. You know, that I mean, if we had to do this back in the old days, where they like you have your reel to reels, where you have to cut and tape and splice and dice, I could never do that. It took a hundred years to do a half hour show. Yeah, it really would. It really by, by would. By the time you're done editing, everyone that wants to listen to you is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, all right, let's go back to cars. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did some of the cars have tape players back in the day? Well, yeah. Actually, you could have record players, too. Well, record players, I remember seeing those in the late 50s, Chrysler, even, right? The Chrysler around 57, plus or minus. Yeah. It was a 16 and two-thirds record. So that's by for Chrysler. And if you're driving on glare ice with no bumps, it didn't work. You mean like this kind of vinyl? Did you get a song with them? Get a song? Do we have a turntable? Hey everybody, this is that. And then they came, of course, they came with a tape player. Um, Mad Mad Months had the first four track, and then um, William Lear, another name you would know if you're in the cars. Anything with wheels burns fuel. Um, he came out with the eight track, and in the hand with Ford. Ford had it in '66. Came with the eight track. 66, right. Yeah. They, never, they never put, a, that's H-Track, they never put four tracks in cars, did they? It wasn't factory, but Mad Mad Month sold them and put them in the car. I got an ad, shows 67 Thunderbird ladies standing next to the car, and it's an ad for a month track, eight, uh, four track. Wow. Yeah. Hey, back so, in the day, speaking of which, Munz, they, uh he did the Munz Jets. Is that the only right. car that he did, or did he do other cars? Was he a different? Did he do a oh, different? He was totally different. He was a totally different guy. Okay. Yeah. Because didn't the uh, didn't Lear's thing in the car radio didn't wasn't there some connection there with RCA or something like that at one point in time or? I don't know about that, but I know Lear had the eight track, Munch had the four track. Totally different. Okay, but didn't well, who was it? I'm trying to think. I'm going back a little further now. You probably okay, Lear and Ford got together. Who did? Ford. Ford. Yeah, I know, but the the car radio. When did that come out? That was like in the 30s, wasn't it? Well, he was doing them in the late 20s. You take a radio and put it in a car, it was all custom installation. It'd take forever to do it because no one knew. Had many ideas. They were like breaking ground at the time. That was Lear, right? No, that was Munch. Oh, Munch did it first. Okay, I wasn't sure. I couldn't right. remember. I get those two confused. Yeah. It's, yeah, Munch is pronounced Munch, and Lear is pronounced Lear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is. Uh, 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 English pronunciation 101. Right. Months. <laughs> D- didn't this guy do something with radio? Downtown Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did something with radios too. He was a disc jockey. Ford even used quadrasonic eight track. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Remember the reverb switch that came out with in the early 60s? The what switch? A reverb switch. Don't you remember that? A reverberator. That? Yeah, it's a reverberator. Is that what they yeah. call it? Reverberator? Okay. Yeah. I, I never got that. I mean, I know I've seen it in the cars, and I remember when they did it, and I generally saw it in General Motors. I didn't see it in Fords that much, but I know I saw it in, in Chevrolet. Ford. Go ahead. You can get it in a must, early Mustang with the fat as an option. Really? Reverberator? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, think I've, I don't think I've ever seen one in a Ford. I've seen them in GM cars. Yeah, I remember 62 Pontiac a long time ago when I was a kid. I had one in it from the factory. Hmm. Yeah. All right, we were talking about ugly cars, goofy, goofy things that they did in cars back in the '60s, '50s, '60s, early '70s. Of course, the most hideous thing that they did in the '70s was impact bumpers. That was uh, yeah. When they squared the cars off and put them big ugly weights on the front, that pretty much uh, wrote it off for me. And it, and it took what All, from 1973 till about 19, I mean, two, 1990. Before they actually integrated the bumper back in the front and back end of a car a little bit, where it where it wasn't so obnoxious looking, right? Right, and the the, the whole purpose of those bumpers when they first came out is you get in a crash, that five mile an hour crash, everything would remain operating with the lights and everything in the radiator, and like that was a big deal. But in the crash like that, then it costs more to repair it with a big bumper on it. Hmm. Yeah, so they sort of like shot themselves in the foot. But of course, they won't admit it. Interesting. So, yeah. That was the whole, whole concept of that. You know, to make the car still operate even though you crash. Well, if, you, if you're going five miles an hour and you run into someone, that means you're not really paying attention. Do you remember when, um, uh, in the late 60s, they were experimenting with impact bumpers, but they had, and I remember they, the, and, 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 Reading somewhere, they were experimenting with checker cabs, and they had these bumpers that were actually filled with water. Right. And then when upon impact, the plugs would pop and water would shoot out, and it kind of acted as a cushion, kind of a. Right. Um, yeah, they, to, it worked. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. It was good in Manhattan on the cabs. That's what it was. Yeah, I think that's where I right. saw it. You know, so it's kind of interesting how when you see how the evolution. Of the impact bumper. I mean, it was kind of a novel idea, but uh, didn't quite work too well. You know, the first car, for all practical purposes, was an impact bumper. The Phantom Corsair. Phantom Corsair. Refresh my memory. I'm trying to place... I can't... It was in the movie uh, Young and Hard or something, I think it was. Yeah. And the car was... It was, like, built by Ruth Hines, which was one of the Hines bears. And, um... It, had a, it was a core drivetrain in it and everything. It had a really funky-looking body. It was insulated with cork to make it real quiet. And, um, it had stainless steel bumpers on it. And it was at Granatelli shop one time in Chicago, and they backed into a pole, and they bent a bumper, but they were just they were able to bump it just like spring right back. Was it spring steel? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, so that's when they were just kind of playing around with it a little bit? Well, that was just because Ruth Times had more money than, you know, Lance Rutlow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, just, so he had a lot of spare a, spare money, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a novel idea. You know, it's funny how a lot of the stuff happened by accident, and then uh, later, you know, somebody goes, "Hey, this is a good idea. I think we should uh, incorporate this into a product." And then, of course, what we're talking about is cars, obviously. Anything else you could think of that happened by accident that got incorporated into a, an automotive? The slinky comes to mind, but I can't think of anything that the slinky's in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about um, old technology that they, they tried to say they came out with it late, in later years? In the mid-50s, Packard had a lock-up torque converter in the automatic transmission. So when everyone came out in the 80s and said, oh, we got a lock-up torque converter, it's not a new idea. That's been around forever, too. Actually, yeah. somebody said I think that came out before then. Yeah, well, Packard had it for sure. Packard had it for sure. They were a pretty innovative yeah. company. Bobby, you give me the two-minute warning there? Al, it looks like we, uh, we're just about out of time. Wow. Time flies when we're not having fun. I mean, when we're having fun, right? <laughs> what time is it right now? Uh, who knows? It's, 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 it's late. It's late. Yeah. <laughs> it's late. It's getting late. Well, go ahead. Well, think about um, how the built cars back in the day. In 1962, you get the Galaxy with a 406 tri-power and a 4-speed. 406 horsepower, right? Wow. 
five ply tires, drum brakes, and a single single master cylinder. Yeah, that worked so, real well, did it? Before the days of the dual. Go, lots to go as long as you don't turn the wheel and try to stop. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, we're just about out of time. I'm gonna have to say goodbye. I'll stop by your shop, see what's going on. Yeah. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure and go see the movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Be sure and like us on Facebook, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Gulfstream Motorsports. If you've missed any of our past shows, be sure and check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget, next week, this week, Monterey Car Week. is. Some of it will be televised. Some of the auctions, Pebble Beach, all that stuff. So be sure and check on all the car show stations, Discovery, Velocity, and whatever else out there. I'm not even sure anymore. But anyway, in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. school, but there's a feller in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDTF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker.